Thank you so much. Beautiful, beautiful number. I invite your attention to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. It has been our wonderful privilege to be here three to four months. And I've been honored to stand in the pulpit here. We'll talk more about that later this evening. I've entitled my message here, When Jesus Calls My Name. Last week, we spoke about the cross, the three crosses there, the seven saints on the cross. And we explored the brutality of how Christ was treated at his crucifixion. Oh, how Satan and his demons must have rejoiced when Jesus was in the tomb. But Friday is here, but Sunday is coming. Amen. We can never, ever forget that fact. You know, the four Gospels give us an eyewitness of his life and his death. And just as this song portrayed, where were their thoughts, their hopes, their dreams? They had all been dashed. But then the resurrection took place. And I think of the resurrection kind of the hinge of Christianity. It's the proof of Christianity. During the time that Christ was here upon the earth after his resurrection, there were 11 different specific appearances giving proof that Christ truly arose from the dead. I invite your attention, John chapter 20. This is a lengthy passage. If you don't feel like standing, I certainly understand it. But those that are physically able, I invite you to join me here in John chapter 20. We're reminded from the book of Nehemiah that whenever the word of God was read or they would read it, they would stand out of honor and respect for it. Once again, those of you that may be visiting, I will read the odd verses myself. Then I encourage you to join me reading out loud on the even verses. When Jesus calls my name. John chapter 20 verse 1. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple came to the sepulcher. So they both ran together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter, following him, went into the sepulcher, seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the first disciple went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher, and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? And she saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. 
And when she had thus said, she turned herself back, saw Jesus standing, knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith to him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my father, and your father, and to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord, and that he had spoken these things unto her. Father, we pause before you here on this Easter Sunday morning. Christ is risen, truly he is risen. It resonates in our heart, and what a joyous start to this service. The singing, the congregational singing, this special that was shared, now the reading of your word. And my hope is that when people leave here today, they may say, it has been good to have been in the house of the Lord. May your Holy Spirit stir hearts as only you can. Help me to share what you wish for me to say. And Lord, once again, may it be done for your honor, for your glory, and for your praise. I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. You Go ahead and be seated. We start our story here uh, with Mary Magdalene. She's from the city of Magdala. That's how she got her name. She had been delivered from seven demons. Now, you know people that have been addicted to alcohol or drugs or whatever and how their lives sometimes are so destroyed and how they wrestle with that and try to, try to break that habit, those chains, those addictions. Can you imagine one person being, a, you know, controlled by one demon? She had seven. Out of her gratitude and devotion, though, after she'd been set free, she followed Christ. She is mentioned 11 times in Scripture. She's the one that had the alabaster box of perfume. It was worth almost an entire year as far as salary would have been concerned. And she took that and she broke that and anointed the body of Jesus. And this is in, in eventually right before he is going to the cross and to die. And she also washed his feet with her tears and her hair out of what he had done for her. You and I could be right there knowing what Jesus Christ has cleansed us and forgiven us of. She had been forgiven much. She loved him much. And I hope you love the Lord Jesus Christ. But Mary goes to take care of the body of Jesus. Go with me to John 19 about the burial of Jesus. John chapter 19, drop down to verse number 38. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. Pilate gave him leave. He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. So Joseph had been a secret disciple. His heart and life gets changed and he, he embraces Christ as Savior. So he comes out of, he becomes public. Yes, I'm a believer. I, I want the body of Jesus. I want to take care of it. We continue there in verse 39. There came also Nicodemus. And we spoke on him last week. He came to Jesus by night. 
He didn't want to be discovered that he was talking to this rabbi. Obviously, the verses there, you must be born again. Nicodemus responded and accepted Christ. He's going to be saying publicly too. Which at the first came to Jesus by night and brought a mixture of myrrh and alice and about a hundred pound weight. They were bringing the spices really to kind of take care, prepare the body there in the grave. Then took they the body of Jesus, wound it in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. In my imagination, I'm going back here to thinking about the removal of Christ from the cross. Most likely, they would have had to rig a ladder, call up, climb up the ladder next to the body, the side of the cross, and then they would have to remove his hands from the nails. They would have to remove his feet from the nails, place him in a sheet, kind of lower him to the ground. Then they would take this lifeless body over to that new unused tomb. Then tradition would be they would wash the body. They would use those spices and they would wrap him in those white linens. They would fold his arms upon his chest. They would close his eyes, most likely kiss him on the cheek. And then they would place a napkin carefully upon his face. Now, three long Days pass. And it seems like an eternity. Ah, Satan and the demons, they're, they're celebrating. They're dancing. The Jewish leaders, they, they've taken care of a situation. They've eliminated this itinerant preacher that was stirring up so much problem and claiming to be the son of God. The Roman government, they had navigated that with the Jewish side and the law and they had appeased the people. But then God the Father in heaven says, it is time. Friday's here, but Sunday's coming. And he tells the angels, go and get him. And the stone is rolled away. Now the stone's not rolled away to let Jesus out of the tomb. The stone's rolled away so we can look in and see an empty tomb. And that's what we celebrate here today on this Resurrection Sunday. See, he is alive forevermore. Amen. But join me again in John chapter 20 where I get the, the thrust of my message here. He calls Mary by name. There in verse 13, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And she's in her grief. She's, she's weeping. She's upset. Uh, the one that had freed her, the one she had spent time with, he's not in the grave. And she wanted to take care of that body. That's what she was there for. He's not there. She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. Instantly, she recognizes that voice. She knows this is Jesus. This has been my teacher. This is the one that's dead. He's now alive. 
That confirms the resurrection for her. Jesus saith under marriage, she turns herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is say, Master. See, when Jesus calls our name, everything changes. How did this happen for Mary? Well, first of all, it confirmed the fact of the resurrection of Jesus. See, Mary, she was present at the cross when Jesus was crucified. She witnessed his last breath. She witnessed the centurion soldier taking that spear and piercing his side. And the scripture says that blood and water poured forth. Yeah, I know that's from a heart condition, but to me, Jesus died of a broken heart over the sins that he paid the price for. Eventually, though, that body is removed and is placed in that tomb. There's a government seal that's placed upon that tomb because they heard that maybe there was something, a resurrection to take place. They wanted to prevent that from ever happening. So they put 16 guards to guard that tomb. Now, guess what? If that body disappeared, what would happen to those soldiers? They would have been put to death. Ah, but the scripture teaches us money was given unto them. So they could spread the lie that the disciples had come and stolen the body. That's not what happened. He calls her name Mary. She knew it was him. She, she wanted to hold on to him. She didn't want to let go of him again. Jesus said, don't cling to me. And he instructed her. Now see, all the apostles... Now you think of this. At first they were fearful, they were hiding, they were away. Jesus had been crucified. They were afraid they would be facing the same type of treatment. And then Jesus appears to them. And then Jesus appears again to them. Like I said, there's 11 appearances of Christ, the proof of the resurrection. They go forth and Jesus uses them to preach the gospel. And they all died a violent death for holding on to that belief. If that belief wasn't true, they would not have done that. This event changed their lives forever. See, for you, for me, the resurrection is the most important, pivotal event in history. Go with me to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. God has been gracious to me over the years. Beverly and I have been married 51 years. We've been involved in uh, ministry 51 years at the church where we're serving as an assistant pastor for 45 years. And this is not about me, but this is God's grace, mercy, and strength, and energy to do all these things. On my shelf, I have more than 4,500 messages that I've preached. I have conducted over 300 funerals from babies, from people that have committed suicide, from those that were killed by police. I've, I've conducted all different kinds of things. I've read hundreds and hundreds of books. But to me, this is the greatest statement that I've ever read. Look with me in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18. I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. <laughs> oh, the truth of the resurrection. If you wish to turn to 1 Corinthians 15, I'm going to read a passage there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. 
that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once. They say if you can get 500 people to agree to something being true, the odds of it being true are 25 million to one. Again, the proof of the resurrection of Christ. Ah, of, the, of whom the greater part remain of this present, some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then all the apostles. Last of all, he was seen of me. Paul saying this, also as one born out of due time. And in 1 Corinthians 15, 16, 7, if if the dead raise not, and Christ is not raised, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain, you're still in your sins. In other words, if Jesus hadn't rose again, we shouldn't even be here today. There'd be no reason for us to be here. See, every Sunday you come, you celebrate the fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If the resurrection is not true, Jesus is a liar. But I tell you, it is true. And he died for our sins. He arose from the grave. He has power over death, and he offers eternal life to all who believe. Amen. See, as Jesus calls your name, he draws you to the Father through the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 10, 27, 28, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. And I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. See, as a believer, you will never die. You, you will never perish. That's what John 11 teaches us. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Once you're in Christ, you're in Christ forever. You cannot lose your salvation. You are there. And when you die, the angels are present. They're going to usher you immediately into the presence of Christ. There's no in-between. There's no purgatory. When a person dies, immediately with Christ. But when Jesus calls your name, it creates a new relationship. Who was the first one he spoke to? Mary. The first one. It wasn't the crowd that called out crucify him. It wasn't the religious leaders. It was not Caiaphas, Pilate, and Herod of the Romans. See, to me, this proves everyone has worth in his sight. He elevated the status of women. And he loves the unlovely. But the Bible tells us he loves the whole world. John 3, 16. And for you and I, this relationship... No longer are you called servants, but you are called a friend. The greatest friend you can ever have is Jesus Christ. John 15, 15, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard of my Father, I've made known unto you. For Mary, he said, don't cling to me. Hey, there's something better. There, there's something even greater you're going to be able to have a permanent relationship. Right now, physically, while he was up on the earth, she spent time with him. But now she's going to be able to have a permanent relationship, a personal relationship, an intimate relationship, and that would never, ever go away. You and I, we can experience this relationship as well. John 1.12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. See, when Jesus calls your name, it requires a response. For Mary, she could have ignored him. She could have thought, well, he's just the gardener. 
just, just ignored that person. Uh, she could have doubted him. Oh, wait a minute. That can't be Jesus. I know it sounds like Jesus, but Jesus died on the cross and he was in this grave and there was a stone there. Th this, this can't be Jesus. She could have just rejected him. Oh, no, I'm going back to my old lifestyle. I, I don't want this in my life anymore. But she chose to embrace him. Based upon what she did know, she made a decision to embrace Christ, to trust him. Permanent, personal, intimate relationship. But see, today, Jesus may be calling your name. You, you've, you've heard the truth here of the resurrection He's asking you to respond. And based upon what you know, what's your choice going to be? Are you going to ignore him? Just go on living your life like you've never heard the voice? Are you going to doubt him? Not believe? You're not going to believe the historical and biblical evidence? You, are you going to reject him completely? That ongoing unbelief? Ah, but you can't embrace him. Just as Mary Magdalene did. Just as Peter and John did, just as all his disciples. Now, I want to revisit the story. For I, I mention this almost every Easter. It stands out to me. Go with me now back to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Drop down to verse number 3. Peter, therefore, went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they both ran together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter. Peter must have been older. But anyway, the, the younger one outran him and came first to the sepulcher. He, stooping down, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. And I love Peter. Then come a sign of Peter, following him, went into the sepulcher. He, he just went right on in. See if the linen, linen clothes lie. Notice verse 7. And the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, he saw and believed. See, there's a tradition about the napkin. When there was a dinner that would take place, master and servant the master would be there and dinner would be served and when he was done eating he would rise and he would take the napkin he would clean his fingers wipe his lips wipe his beard and then he would just toss the napkin down and when the servant saw that that indicated that the dinner was over I'm finished I'm done Time to come and clean up and remove the dishes. Ah, but if the master got up and the napkin was folded and placed back down, that's saying, I'm not finished yet, and I am coming back. Amen. Jesus folded napkin. He's not finished. And guess what? He's coming back. Amen. Friday's here, but Sunday is coming. See, Jesus is still calling. He's calling people by their name. In Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. There's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must 
be saved. But you know what else I like about this story? Jesus is also restoring broken Peter. I mean, broken people. We remember the story of Peter, how he was there and Jesus was under one of those trials and he was warming himself there at the fire by the enemy. And they began to say, you know, you're one of them. And he says, no, I'm not. And one of them says, your speech betrays you. You're one of them. And he says, no, I'm not. And the third one, oh, you're with him. You're a Galilean. And he swears, I know not the man. And the last thing Peter has is that sight when Jesus looks at him. And he remembers what Jesus said, that the cock was going to crow three times before he would deny him. And he did. And the Bible says he went out and wept bitterly. So here he is. He feels separated and away from the Lord. Listen to Mark 16, 7. But go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter. He calls Peter by name that he goeth forth before you into Galilee. There you shall see him as he said unto you. See, Jesus is still calling people. He is still building his church. Mountain Vista Baptist Church, upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can I tell you, church, you are in good hands. May I encourage you, stay strong. May you finish what Jesus has done for each of you. See, Jesus is going to return. Acts 1.11, which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken away from you, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. So this Resurrection Sunday, why? Why did Jesus go to the cross? Why is the resurrection even important for us today? Well, one reason was to prove that he is the Son of God. Another was to pay for the sins of the entire world. Another reason is so that you and I can be acceptable to God. To provide peace and joy. To reveal God's plan and purpose for your life, for this church. To show his amazing love, and to give to you eternal life. One last verse. Join me in John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Look at verse number 36. He that believeth on the Son hath what? Everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. As Jesus, as he calls your name this morning, how do you wish to respond? Are you going to ignore him? Are you going to doubt him? Are you just going to walk away? Or would you be willing to accept him? The choice, it really is up to you. Let's go ahead and stand together with our heads bowed quietly, please, as Miss Amber comes to play this invitation number. At this time, the altar is open.
And if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you in regards to a need, a spiritual need of salvation, or possibly joining the church by membership, possibly need to be baptized, but if Jesus has called your name and, and you recognize that you've kind of drifted away and you walk for Christ and you want to be restored, just like Peter, Jesus called his name and you can be brought back into that relationship with him. Let me encourage you to come today. Take a moment here at the altar and pray. But more importantly, if you're here today and you've never, ever, ever embraced Christ as Savior, let me encourage you to come. He will change your world upside down by faith in Him. You would be acknowledging that, hey, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm coming and I want Jesus to cleanse me and to forgive me. I'm willing to do what the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that be you this morning, while we wait just a moment, would you come? You can go ahead and have a seat. We have a family. You, you want to bring your family up? That wants to join the church. Uh, we yeah. have Elroy Story, and I think it's Leslie. Yes, sir. Leslie, they're coming to join our church. I've, I've talked with them. They've been baptized, and they have a, a salvation testimony. And all in favor, church members, of, of welcome them into our membership here. Say aye. 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 All right. Yeah. Thank you. When we dismiss, please come by. Church members, give them the right hand of fellowship and get to know them. Also, after this, I know we have some kids that didn't go to junior church. Um, if you're in first grade through four, uh, sixth grade, we have a, you'll be doing an Easter egg hunt out here. We have Easter eggs filled with candy. There's also some prizes in there. You can get some prizes. And then inside the fenced-in area is our two to five-year-olds who'll be in there doing Easter egg hunts. So once we dismiss from here, just, uh, and you want to gather up your kids, just they'll, they'll, there's people out there that'll direct them. Once we get everybody out, we'll let them go and let them run after the eggs. <laughs> and we made sure there's no eggs, uh, real eggs. <laughs> uh, we tend to find them afterwards, a few months later. So it has been good to be in the house of the Lord. I welcome you back to come back tonight to hear Brother Howard, and um, it's a good day in the house of the Lord for celebrating the resurrection of our Savior. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Matt uh, in the back to pray for us and dismiss us, and take their hands.
dear Lord, we just thank you for everyone everyone that's present today or everyone listening online. We just uh, praise you for your word and thank you for your sacrifice and allowing us to come together and celebrate you on this time, Lord. And we just ask us a blessing for these children and and um, that they all have a, a good time celebrating the Lord. And, and we just ask a special blessing on all those who heard the word of the Lord here today. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.